Hello everyone, this is Aditya Mehta and I welcome you all to yet another episode of podcast on personality development. At a certain point of life, we all think what is our purpose? What is our purpose of this life? And when we find that, we somehow want to live that purpose-driven life. But how do we do that, right? We do have responsibilities, we do have financial goals and everything. So to live a purpose-driven life, we also need to have a purpose-driven financial management. In today's episode, we are going to talk just about that. And to guide us with that, we have a person who is a certified human consultant and a person who has started a full-time business calling out to his purpose of teaching, Scott Mader. So intro music is going to play. You can just click on the follow button and the bell icon so that you don't miss out any further episode of this podcast. And you do that till the time I'll get Scott on this show. Hello and welcome back to today's episode. In this episode, we have an educator and an author of the book Inspired Living. Please allow me to welcome this amazing person who is going to guide us with purpose-driven life and purpose-driven financial management. Here he is, Scott Mader. Hello, Scott. How are you doing today? It is an awesome day. I'm so happy to be here and, and hope to bring some value to you and to your listeners. Of course, I'm pretty sure that uh, you are going to add a lot of value in my life uh, because you see, I am a podcaster and a full-time corporate employee. So yep. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a Been lot. There, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of value from you today. And uh, I'm sure audience is going to get a lot of value from you as well. First of all, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this show by taking out your valuable time. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, Scott, one thing is that I just gave a very short and crisp introduction of yours. But uh, I would really appreciate if you can give a more detailed and brief introduction of yours. Sure. One of the things that I always laugh about, you know, with introductions or bios or anytime, you know, somebody gives you that sort of thing, I call those the Instagram photo version of our story, right? You know, you, you make sure you get the framing right and the laundry's not in the background and, you know, everything looks clean and clean and crisp and pretty as opposed to what the real journey's like, which is, let's face it, usually not that clean and crisp and yeah, true. the dirty laundry is in the corner of the room and all of that sort of stuff. That's our real life, Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I've done a lot of different things over the years. Uh, you know, I've been where you are, where I had the full-time corporate job and was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and then had something on the side that I really felt called to do that I needed to, to launch and wanted 
to get out there in the world and kind of burning the candle at both ends and doing those sorts of things. I've, I've been there, but before that, I was actually a teacher. I was a school teacher for about 16 years. Uh, I've taught science in public school. I've taught science in private school. Eventually, I left that and I went into the corporate world. I started working for uh, a company that did testing. So in the words of my students, I joined the dark side. I went from teaching to testing. So I went from you know teaching the kids to writing tests for the kids, um, you know, more than just in my classroom. But this was more like national exams and that sort of thing. Hmm. And so I did that for 11 years, worked myself up into senior leadership. That's the job that was 60 or 80 hours a week. And on the side, started a passion project around coaching and took that full time back in 2017, started doing it part time in 2011. That's now what I do full time is I work with other folks around these areas of time and talent and treasures. But the real key is what I'm really working on with people is how do as you put it, you live that passion life, you live what you're inspired to do, you go out and do and make an impact that you feel called or put on this planet to do, the, the real deeper purpose, rather than just the assignment that you happen to be doing today, that corporate job or that other thing that you're doing. That's wonderfully said, and I am definitely going to use a lot of terminologies which you are giving right now, especially the Instagram photo introduction, and the you know the dirt in the corner it's it's really amazing i'm definitely going to use it in the future episodes as well uh so great introduction scott and i really appreciate you sharing the dark side as well and not only the uh, side which you are in right now not only the face where you are right now but you also shared some amazing journey, uh, which I believe is really, really inspiring for most of the people out there. So thank you so much for doing that. However, uh, Scott, before diving into the financial goals, okay, I would like to ask about a purpose-driven life. What do you feel a purpose-driven life looks like? Because you are living one right now. And also... Is there a difference between a passion and a purpose? Yeah, both good questions. Um, so let's let's kind of dive into a, a little bit first about what does it mean to live? You know, I call it inspired living, living a life of inspiration. You'll hear people call it live a, living a purpose-driven life. Rick Warren has a group, great book called Purpose Driven Life. You know, these ideas of living out what you are meant to be doing. And when that comes up, the first thing to realize is that's not a absolutist kind of checklist. I've arrived. I am now living a purpose-driven life and everything is perfect. Hmm. It, it's not really about a destination. It's about the journey. It's, it's about assembling the puzzle is the analogy I use in the book of what does your life look like and recognizing that that's going to change. It's like you're building a puzzle but not only does the picture on the front cover change, the the pieces you have in the box change too. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes sometimes you don't have as many pieces as you wish you had, and so the puzzle's not really complete yet. And other times you've got too many, you know, you got too many blue sky puzzles. It's like somebody's dumped some extra pieces in there, and you're trying to make them all fit. Our, our life is that kind of dynamic assembly and journey. And when it comes to our calling or our purpose. It's the same way. It's not really a single 
thing that you can say, put a check by it. And now that I've done it, because it shows up at different ways throughout your life, it shows up in different ways, even at a point in time, like right now, within your different roles, when you're at your job, your corporate job, when you're at home as you know, a dad or a husband, when you're at your volunteer work that maybe you do, when you're just hanging out with friends, your purpose may be expressed in each of those roles in different ways. It may actually show up in different frameworks at different times. So really what I'm talking about is finding ways to align more and more of your life with that underlying purpose, that underlying thing that you're driven to do. I don't think you ever really ever get there. I don't mm -hmm. think there's ever this perfect moment in time where everything has aligned, or at least if there is, I've yet to meet anyone <laughs> who says, yep, I'm there. You know, this is it. I've met yeah. some people that have gotten really close, but I've never met anyone who's gotten everything to align perfectly yet. I'm still mm -hmm. looking. So by the way, if you're that person, reach out to me and let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll put you in the next book. But it, it's rather, it's about, you know, constantly refitting those pieces, reassembling that puzzle, redoing the journey so that you constantly are evaluating and, and looking at what we want to do. That That's the key is this idea of living a life in intention with an intentional way or living a life where you're actually examining it. The, the, Worst thing to me, the, the wasted lives are the lives that are led unexamined. So the person's never thinking about what they're doing. They're just kind of moving from thing to thing, going through life, letting life push them wherever they want to go. Life is constantly happening to them instead of them happening to life. Mm -hmm. And it's that active process of that intentionality of reviewing and reflecting where are you at that I that I've used throughout the book as a framework of being able to examine where you're at, which brings us to the second question. You know, what's the difference between a passion purpose? A lot of times people hear that messaging. It's, it's out there a lot of, you know, follow your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. By the way, that's a lie. <laughs> okay. It's a myth. Because even if you find something that you're deeply passionate about, there's still going to be days that you're going to have to do some stuff that you just, it's not your favorite stuff. It's not the best part of the job. It's not the stuff that you love to do. Or heck, for that matter, you're just going to get up some mornings and it's going to be like, well, today is not such a, yeah, I don't feel good. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm a little under the weather. You know, whatever. There, There's still going to be rainstorms. There's still going to be challenges. There's still going to be parts of your passion that you don't love, that you aren't always aligned to. You know, I'm, I'm actually blessed in that every job I've left, I've gone from a job I loved to a job I loved either more or in a different way. You know, mm. I've never had the experience of feeling like, oh, I've got to get out of this job because it's just a job I hate. Mm. There's been components of my job that I don't like, but there's always also components that I did love, you know, and things that I enjoyed doing. And so it's it, the passion shows up, but it's not the underlying purpose. The underlying purpose is the why or the emotion that's almost driving that passion. It's the why or the emotion that's driving behind why you do what you do. It, it's the why much more than it is the what. That's the role or the assignment or the particular thing you're doing at the time. And it's the why much more than it is even, hey, I just love everything about this. That's the passion moments, the joy, mm -hmm. the happiness, the connection. And they're going to show up and they'll show up hopefully more and more. 
the mm. more that you've aligned your life to that that passion and purpose. But there's still, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody, you know, I, I hate that messaging of, oh, you just follow your passion and everything will come up roses and your life will be perfect because that's that's not the life that we usually are promised and it's not the life that we usually lead. Right. That's that's amazingly said. And I do completely agree to that as well because I can relate with it. Uh, long back when I started podcasting okay i love connecting with people i love to have conversations with them but also there are there were components which uh, i i would say that i didn't like and one of them was editing uh, you have to do the entire audio editing stuff and that was really time consuming for me as well and I did have to learn a lot of amount of editing to actually understand the aspect of it in a whole. And at the same time, I did understood that there were some things which you can do, which makes the sound even more better. Uh, mm -hmm. So I do understand what you said and I do relate with it more, more importantly, because Normally, the people who are not living that kind of life, they usually believe that it's going to be a picture perfect world for them if they reach to that stage. But it is also important to understand that there will be challenges which and there will be days where you will get frustrated and you will need a break. So I I completely relate with that as well. And I'm pretty sure many people would relate with it who wants to uh, live that purpose driven life. And they have started the process as well. And uh, as you correctly mentioned with the analogies, which uh, you provided about the puzzle, uh, sometimes you have extra pieces, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you don't have those pieces and I would say one more that sometimes you have made a mistake as well by yep. putting a wrong piece somewhere and it's going to affect you as well, right? So I, I completely relate with that. And uh, these are some great analogies which you are providing. And I believe those are good analogies to understand the concept of it as well. Going forward about this purpose-driven life, um, where you mentioned that you do love certain aspects of it and sometimes you do love that in a whole, but there would be challenging days as well. Is there any of your experience uh, which you would like to share? One particular experience when you started this journey of living out your purpose, is there any moment or is there any, uh, I would say, any any specific event where you felt that this is not happening and I'm facing a lot of challenges over here. I think I should back out for some time. So what 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 day is it right now? Um, uh, you know, it's like the, the old joke is, well, I only felt like that on days that end in Y, you know, the rest of the days I'm fine. Right. Right. <laughs> I think we all face those moments and, and probably in some ways more often than not where it's, it's frustrating because you maybe feel deep down in your heart that, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this or I'm supposed to be heading that direction. 
But then there's all of this other stuff that piles up on us that makes us feel like we can't do it or it's not the right way to do it. Or, you know, maybe I'm just I'm feeling this, but it's not really real, you know, because all this stuff works against me. And it, it for me, you know, when, again, when I was working the corporate job, you know, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I had a team of 180 people that depended upon me. I had a wife at home who depended upon me. I had a young son at home who depended upon me. You know, I had financial obligations. I had time obligations. I did service projects and worked for church and did this and did that. You know, I had a ton of stuff that were demands on my time. And then I also had this feeling deep down inside that I wasn't supposed to be staying in this corporate job for the rest of my life. I was supposed to be doing something else. And my wife, in my case, spoke into that and she agreed. We, we got on the same page. We agreed that this is what we were supposed to be doing. We then began to work to put some financial things in place and make sure that we'd be okay financially if I made that transition. And then, I, like I said, in my case, I began to build it on the side and the margins. But that means, if you think about it, I already described a very full calendar. So now I have to say, some of these things I have to say no to. I, hmm. I have to say no to maybe volunteering as much, or I have to say no to maybe spending some time uh, with the, the corporate job in a certain way, or maybe I have to say no to an opportunity that I could have at work, or maybe I'm even saying no to some extra time with my wife or my son, or maybe I'm saying no to myself and saying, you know, instead of watching Netflix tonight, I'm going to work on the, the side business, or instead of sleeping in, I'm going to go ahead and get up early and take an extra couple of hours to work on the side thing that I want to launch. Whatever it is, I was still having to say no and make choices about what I said no to. In my case, a lot of the no's were around myself. So I continued to I cut back on the volunteering. I cut back on some of the church things that I was doing. I kept my focus on my wife and my son because family is very important to me. I still spent time in the spirit because that's very important to me. So I spent time in prayer and meditation and those sorts of things. I still did my day job commitment because I had committed and, and promised to do that. But I did find ways to start doing it and saving some time. And I did start saying no to some things that, quite frankly, you know, everybody else was doing it, but they weren't part of the job. They weren't required. So I found ways to, you know, turn down some things. Now, what that meant is I wasn't going to get promoted. I wasn't going to go up the ladder. But remember, I already made the decision that that's not what I wanted to do. So that was okay. And then the last thing and the biggest thing is I found ways to say no to myself in terms of, you know, I started getting up at 4.30 in the morning and working for three hours before I went to work. I started, you know, finding a time in the evening that used to, I would have played a video game or I would have watched some TV. Nope. I'm going to go work on the business for a couple of hours and get that done. So I, I've carved out those moments and those times so that I could create the space to start doing the thing that I felt called for. And then I looked for resonance, meaning I looked for echoes coming back to me that this was the right direction. So again, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not looking for everything. Oh, I'm so much happier when I'm doing this. But I was looking for signs for lack of a better word so hearing things come back from my clients about how much i had helped them or you know them sharing a testimonial with with me or something that i'd done that had changed their life hearing echoes in just other messages that i was hearing on the radio or from friends or family had nothing to do with what i was doing but it was reaffirming to me that i was on the right direction and as i got those things 
it, it, you know, it let me kind of put in the energy and the double down and do the work. Notice I started in 2011, I went full time in 2017. For those of the, you that can do quick math, that's six years, <laughs> you know, for that mm -hmm. six years, I was saying no to a ton of things that I would have loved to have said yes to, but it, you know, we, we, no to vacations. We didn't do any big vacations for those six years. We said no to a lot of things that our friends and family were doing. You know, we said no to new cars. We said no to, we just buckled down and built up the emergency fund, built up the runway, did other things to put ourselves in a place where then when I did make the leap to full time, because I went from a, you know, high six figures job <laughs> to running my own business and not making anywhere close to what I was making before. And over time that has come back up and now I'm doing much better than I was when I started, but I didn't start at the place that I was at, if that makes sense. I was able to make that bridge between the two by, by doing the hard work to put up the, the financial things uh, in place mm. that allowed me to do that. Wow. I mean, that's, that's some great effort you put over there. Uh, and I can completely understand one thing over here that there is no balance. It's all blending. Uh, I mm -hmm. believe, uh, you, you did blended it well so that it can actually become a reality out of, out of a dream, I would say. And with all those struggles, which you made in those six years, you finally got the result out of it. And it's, it, the result was so minimum that you were barely making money, which you were making earlier, but still you thought because you made that bridge in between, you were able to do that. And then you can, of course, work full time on your job. And I'm pretty sure then you might be earning instead of six figures, you might have gone to seven or eight figures as well, but, uh, not talking about money, uh, for a moment over here, but also mm -hmm. the actual uh, satisfaction which you get after teaching to students, okay, or maybe teaching people out there, or even, uh, you know, giving your wisdom, giving your coaching to the people out there, I'm sure you might be having a very good sleep at night because you did something meaningful to the people out there who wants to live a life uh, with grace and who wants to live a life with the purpose in their hand. And uh, that's that's simply beautiful when we speak about it. Although, uh, you know, there, there would be many sleepless nights as well. I am sure about it. Yeah. But uh, when you are sleeping, you will be having a very good night's sleep because uh, you, you, do, you do add a meaning to person's life by explaining them the purpose of their lives okay or i would say that making them understand the purpose of life so that's that's just beautiful and uh, thank you so much for sharing that uh, all the struggles which you did sure however i have this one question because when you are navigating you said you said about saying no to yourself for almost 6 years and yep. <laughs> when when someone does that, what happens is they do feel burnouts. Okay, they do feel anguish. They sometimes do get angry on people without any reason. 
because they are feeling that pressure they are feeling that burnouts as well was there any incident similar in your case and if there were how do you deal with those things because 6 years is a long 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 period yeah one of the problems that you have with delayed gratification which is what we're talking about which is when you you know you're putting off something for for a length of time is you know it's almost like you're holding your breath for 6 years and then when you get to the end of it you're like <gasps> you know you gasp for breath and you gasp for air and and you know i absolutely i mean there were days and there were times where i was frustrated or you know oh this just isn't happening fast enough i wanted it to happen faster you know i i i'm angry that it it it, it just doesn't seem to be working the way i want it to work everybody has those moments by the way i still have those moments and mm -hmm. i'm you know much more aligned today with my purpose and my passions than i was back in 2011 and still it's not there's not a you know day that i get up some days and go oh you know it's just not things aren't working today and mm -hmm. and you're right i do get a lot of of reward from guiding a client and working with them and asking good questions and pushing them and and challenging them and holding them accountable and and seeing the light bulb go off and you know something break through in their life and now they're they're doing something financially or or with their time or with their their life in general and they're suddenly communicating with their wife better or you know living the job that they want to live or uh, you know they've gotten married or they've started a career or started a job or changed job whatever it is they've done the goals that they set out to do and now they're moving in that direction i get a lot of reward from it but the the truth is the the thing that keeps you going through all of that and the thing that made me yeah even though i have a bad day or i have a a stretch where i'm frustrated come back to it and and keep going through is going back to what i said earlier about finding that deep and passionate why why was i doing this you know it it what what about making this change was fundamentally important to me to my wife to my son you know to the people that were important in my life making sure that we were all on the same page and communicating making sure that we had alignment around it and that's what lets you get through those days where you're frustrated you're angry you're you're not sure if this is really what you're supposed to be doing because you know you had a bad meeting with the client and everything went wrong or you you know you didn't make the the money last month that you really needed to make and and so this month's going to be really hard or whatever it is th that what gets you through those moments is starting the purpose starting the goal setting starting the the drive starting the change with that doing the deep work first i call it investing in yourself to find out what is your deep and passionate why that's the thing that's going to keep you going through those bad times and get you through to the other side you know the having that connection not just to our purpose and our passion but to the why behind the purpose and the passion you know what is it about teaching others what is it about coaching what is it about speaking to people what it is is it about helping people you know seeing that light bulb turn on what is it about that that is the thing that keeps me going and doing it because it's not any one of those things it's all of those things you know mm -hmm. it's that gestalt of being able to be a I, i get more energy from being a guide than i do from being the hero mm -hmm. you know I, in other words the hero is the one that goes out and slays the monster 
I, you know, I consider myself more Yoda than, than Luke Skywalker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm the little green guy in the back that teaches Luke how to be a hero. And then, you know, and then Luke goes out and be, is the hero. For those of you that haven't seen Star Wars, I'm talking about the original Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars, that yeah. that's the, you know, the, 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 the hero's journey, right? There's always a, a character that guides the hero on the journey. And then there's the hero my role and the why behind it is to be more of that guide role. That's where I get energy. That's where I get passion. And so I could have forced myself to be the hero and I wouldn't have been as aligned. It wouldn't have fit as good. And, and honestly, some of those frustrations you're talking about, they come from when I feel like I have to make myself be the hero. So you know, they'll tell you like to start a business, you have, you've got to be the, the hero of your business. You've got to do all of these things. And they give you this list of stuff you have to do. And some of the stuff on that list, I'm like, but well, I don't want to do that. that. That's not authentic to me. That's not how I live my life. That's what I do. So as an example, coaches, a lot of coaches do what I call a hard sale close. This is where you know they get you on the meeting. They meet with you for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or whatever it is. And then at the end, they do something like this. So, you know, are you ready to, to change your life? Are you in or are you out? You know, if you make a decision in the next 37 seconds, you know, are you in or are you out? I've got to hear from you right now, you know, and they kind of do that hard pressure close. That's not authentic to how I am. So I don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, now I had people telling me, Oh, you'll never be successful if you don't do that. Guess what? I do just fine without doing that, you know, because <laughs> right. I challenged that paradigm and looked at the stuff that everyone said you had to do and said, no, it's more important to be authentic to who and what and why I am than it is to just do the stuff that everyone tells me that's what you have to do. Wow. I mean, that's that's some great wisdom which you gave me. Uh, you know, being authentic to yourself is is a big thing, I would say. And I Absolutely. believe I believe with the era of social media that has somewhere lost. Uh, the authentic you is always lost in the social media applications, I would say. Uh, although it is a great thing to have uh, if used properly. So, but we, we do get influenced certain times and we try to be someone else rather than being ourselves. Uh, so that's that's a great wisdom, I would say, that you have given. And apart from that, the things which you mentioned in the entire answer, and it was really long as well. Uh, <laughs> but I am sure that when you have those days, when you have the days where, you know, you feel very anguished, you feel very agitated. I think that's when you need to think about wise and what I am mm -hmm. and why I am. I mean, that's one thing I am taking it. Okay. And I'm writing it down as well. An audience, I, as I always say in all the episodes that make sure to sit with a book and a pen so that you don't miss out anything, uh, which is very, very important for you. So make sure to note this down. I mean, if if it uh, really matters to you, it matters to me. So I'm writing it down. Uh, so yeah, make sure to listen to this podcast intentionally. Okay. However, uh, going ahead, Scott, some amazing answers on the purpose-driven life. But now let's transition towards the purpose-driven finance. 
okay or financial management that's the i would say the crucial part i would say so that uh, people would love to hear about it a lot because many of them might know what their purpose is or what their passion is but most of them don't know how to do it full time uh you right. did mention some of the points before that uh, you said no to certain things for 6 years to make sure that you have that much amount of savings and mm-hmm. savings is something which uh, really is difficult for the people out there uh, especially for a guy like me i wouldn't save much okay i i personally have to invest it somewhere so that it can be saved and it can grow as well but if it's in my bank account i'm definitely going to spend it okay so you know it's for for the youngsters today okay who are just coming out of college uh, who are just coming or going through their master degree program as well saving is becoming nearly impossible okay for as far as i know 90% of the people they don't save much what would you like to say about that and if someone wants to really make sure to make saving as a habit what can they do so so this is one of those areas where a lot of stuff comes to mind because first off there was a, a, some things that were buried in your question that i i want to unpack a little bit so a lot of times you'll hear that you know 80 to 90% of people live paycheck to paycheck is a, a stat that you hear thrown around and by the way it's an accurate stat and most people don't have enough savings to pay for a $400 emergency again stat accurate and yet in there you said it's impossible for most people to save that part's actually not true okay, so the yeah. the truth is yes most people haven't saved and yes most people are in a situation where a $400 emergency would break their bank but it's not because they can't save it's because they're not saving so the power phrase that i tell people is i don't like the phrase i can't do that i can't do that instead i tell you change it to i'm choosing not to do that see how that feels because if you make it so i'm choosing not to save by the way you are choosing not to save no matter what your financial situation is there's still choices involved now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that everybody has the exact same choices and you know if you're making $3000 a year your situation is the same as somebody making $300000 a year obviously it's not that's that's not the point the point is within whatever your framework is whatever your set of choices are you still have choices you still have the ability to dive into what you're doing and actually do the hard work uh seeing what you're spending on seeing what you're not spending on aligning what you're spending with the things that are moving you in the direction you want to go mm-hmm. most people are spending money on things that when they really sit down and look at it they're spending some of their money on things that are really important to them vital things that mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe related to their family maybe related to food and shelter and electricity and that sort of things but they're also spending some money on stuff that if they really admitted it to themselves they're like 
It's really not that important to me at the end of the day. It's not the thing that's driving me the direction I want to go. It's not providing for long-term success. You use the term investing. It's the thing. It's not really things that are investing in my future. It's just stuff that I'm burning today. Now, is that easy stuff to give up? No, not always. But is it stuff that you could choose to give up if you wanted to? Yeah. Mm. But again, you're only going to choose to give it up if your reason for saying no to that is bigger. Your why again, <laughs> we're back to that. That, that right. purpose, that passion is big enough that you can say, I can say no to this now for a little while, not forever, by the way, but I can mm. say no to this now so that I can create some time, some energy, some financial margin so that I can now get ahead or I can now save or I can now go back to school or I can get, I can change jobs or I can launch my passion project on the side, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Because, and, and that's the other factor that I think people lose track of. Personal finance, the, the most important word in that is personal, not hmm. finance. Hmm. So it's really hard for me to give you know, specific examples to generic people. <laughs> you know, In other words, your choices are very, very different than my choices. Hmm. Not because your choices are right or wrong and my choices are right or wrong, but because we have two different lives and we also have two different things that we might want to achieve or might want to be doing. There's differences in our personality. We have different responsibilities. We have different things that we've committed to. And that creates a frame back to that puzzle that creates the, the edge pieces, you know, but then within that puzzle in the center, you can start putting those pieces together a lot of different ways. So practically, how do you do that? Hmm. You actually have to do things like a budget. You have to sit hmm. down and make sure you know how much money you have coming in, you know, hmm. how much money you have going out and you know where it's going. Right. And then you have to evaluate. You have to ask yourself some things about, is this moving me in the direction I want to go long-term? And then if it isn't, you have to make a choice about whether you keep it in or put it out. And then, you know, as far as saving money when, oh, if it's in my bank account, I'm going to spend it. And by the way, I hear that a lot. Okay, <laughs> great. So open a different bank account, put it in there and make it a bank account that you don't even look at. Hmm. Hide it, <laughs> you know? I mean, um, you know, I, I've actually had people do that and then take like the debit card that goes to that account and freeze it in a block of ice in their freezer. Why? Well, because they can still get the money. All they have to do is defrost the debit card, <laughs> but it takes sure. time. So they're uh, not going to defrost the debit card just to buy something on Amazon, <laughs> you know, or to go out to right. eat. They're only going to do it if it's really important to them because it takes them that time of actually defrosting it. You can create strategies and techniques. By the way, I'm not telling everyone go freeze your debit card in the freezer. That's <laughs> not the point. Exactly. The, yeah. you know, but for some people, that becomes a necessary step and a necessary hurdle. I call it friction and smoothness anywhere around your life that you want to create a habit of doing something. You want to make it smooth, make it as easy as possible, automate it, make it simple, make it easy to do. So the saving automate it, you know, this hundred dollars a month goes into this account over here, whether I want it to or not, a hundred dollars is transferring over to that account. I've just set it up. It's an auto thing. That's smoothness. That's an example of smoothness. Frick Friction is like the ice block that I just said. This is make something you don't want to do harder. <laughs> Create friction around it. So if you if you generally spend everything that's in your checking account, put some money 
elsewhere that's not as easy to get to and make it harder to get to it. That's creating friction around it. And now all of a sudden you can begin to save and build up some money easier because you've made saving easy, smooth, and you created friction around spending, if that makes sense. So mm. you kind of, you and you can go through your life, you know, a million different items and a million different line items, and it's going to be a different list for you. And every person listening is going to have a different list because we all have our own little things. We all have our own little bugaboos. You know, for some people, it's, it's coffee. For some people, it's movies. For some people, it's whatever, right? You know, for mm. a long time, I used to buy books like nobody's business. I have, I have books that I haven't read that I bought four years ago, you know, whatever it is, we have things that we spend on. And if you're not doing that work of examining it and then figuring out where do I want to create smoothness to create new habits and where do I want to create friction to not do certain things, then you're right. You just kind of go through and end up in the situation where you're living paycheck to paycheck and you can't save any money because you really have chosen to not set up your life in a way where you do that. Wow. That's fantastic uh, because not doing it has two things in mind and that is can't do it and choose not to do it. And when right. you say choosing, um, it definitely hits the deepest part of male ego, I would say, that you're not choosing to do that. So that's that's wonderfully explained. It's also a power word. It's also a power word because I can't do it takes away your power. Yeah. You have no power to do it. I choose not to do it means you've actually got the power. <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> you know? true. Well, well, it it was it it is greatly said, and I completely appreciate that. However, uh, there is one of the community member, okay, who has asked this question, and I feel that this is a follow up question of the previous one as well. So I'll mm -hmm. say the community member's name. His name is Suraj Gupta. And uh, he is one of the community member on WhatsApp. And so I have basically given the entire introduction of yours on that particular community. And also mm -hmm. I have mentioned the topic. And for that reason, he has asked this question that mm -hmm. due to uh bnpl nowadays that is buy now pay later schemes which we have in the market suraj says that i have made the purchases huge amount of purchases with these bnpl schemes that is buy now pay later right. schemes and most of my money are going into emis and now i don't know how to save money what would you like to uh, say about that, Scott? Going, going into EMI? Is, is that what you said? Yes. Or going to pay EMI. EMI? Yeah, the, the bill. EMI is the bill. Yeah. Okay. So that's going into the payments on the buy now, pay later. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of folks find themselves getting into that kind of treadmill. And whether it's a credit card, you know, you'll see that in some places. And by the way, I've had clients in, in India and, and things. So I, I have some familiarity with what you're talking about, you know, though, okay. obviously, I don't live there. Uh -huh. So right. it's not, not exactly the same. But we have the same thing in the US, you know, whether it's a credit card, which is a version of buy now, pay later, whether it's the 90 days, same as cash kind of thing that you get at the furniture store. Yeah. So here's the thing that you you need to realize about anything like that for a second 
put on the hat of the person that's making the deal with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So put on the shopkeeper's hat or the furniture store guy's hat or the credit card company's hat. They're in the business of making money. And, and by the way, they're not evil. That's not bad. Okay. You know, being, being in the business of making money is, is not a bad thing. They now, you know, I don't agree with all of their tactics and all their techniques, but that's okay. I, I don't have to. They're in the business of making money. So they're going to set up a deal in such a way that across a large number of people, most of the time, they make money, hmm. right? That's hmm. how they have to structure it. Otherwise, by the way, if they don't do it that way, they'll go out of business because they've got bills to pay. <laughs> you yeah. know, they've yeah. got to keep the lights on in the store. They've got to buy inventory. They've got to pay people. So they have to structure their business that way. Yeah. No doubt about it. So as an individual, you have to go into that realizing, huh, I've been marketed to, I've been sold a product, you know, have it now, live the life that you want now. Hmm. I've been sold this idea, but I'm being sold something. It, it's a sale, it's, it's marketing, it's sales. And they're selling me something that works good for them. Hmm. So as simplistic as it sounds, what you have to do is, basically get out of that cycle. So for a while, again, you may have to hustle. You may have to find a way to, you know, get a second job, whatever, bring in some extra money, sell something. I don't know. You know, a lot of different ways to do it, depending on your situation. And I don't know enough of details about his situation to say one of these is good and the rest of them aren't, but you, you need to get ahead of the curve and begin to pay those off and not enter any more <laughs> <You know? laughs> and realize that these don't work. So getting another one, kicking the can down the, the road, is not going to help? You have to learn to say no to yourself in the short term so that you can say yes to yourself in the long term. Hmm. Okay. It, it's saying no now. I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to keep picking on furniture stores just because that's a common one. You know, I'm not going to buy the new bedroom set that I really want. I'm going to, to continue to sleep on a mattress on the floor, which isn't the most comfortable thing in the world, but I own the mattress and I own the floor. So, you know, I can do that and put off buying the new furniture set until I actually have the money to buy the new furniture set and, and not have to enter the buy now, pay later thing. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, all of those are going to be structured where most of the time, most people, you know, 90 days, same as cash, not on day 91, it's not. On day 91, they usually back charge you all of the interest for the whole time. And you go oh. from owing $3,000 to owing, you know, $3,800 or whatever it is, right? You know, oh. it, it's it's set up that way on purpose. They know, by the way, they know you're not going to pay them. <laughs> They're counting on it. <laughs> you know, that's what they want you to do because that's how they make more money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if, if you kind of almost treat it like a game and realize that, wait a minute, this is a game and it's set up in such a way that I'm not going to win. Hmm. and change the rules and play a different game you know i like actually walking into places with cash and negotiating hmm. or buying something you know secondhand from, from a you know off of a, you know the secondhand market and walking in with cash i have bought cars that were listed at eight nine ten thousand dollars by people and walked in with cash in my hand and got them for a lot less than they were asking hmm. why because all of a sudden they're looking at a stack of money in an envelope going, hmm. guy doesn't have to go to the bank and get a check. <laughs> you know, the guy could just hand me an envelope full of money. 
you know, here, here's the car, <laughs> you know, you can have it. And they sign over mm -hmm. the title because all of a sudden you have the power of negotiating because you've changed the rules and you've decided I'm not going to play that game anymore. I'm going to change the rules and play a, a different game. All of that being said, that's not easy to do. And for a while it's going to stink because you're going to have to work really hard and pay off those buy now pay later situations so that you can now get ahead of it. And then, Right at the end of that, it's not like all of a sudden now you also have money because you just paid them off with all of your extra money. So you have to keep doing it to get the extra money to now get back ahead of it and start buying the stuff with actual money that you have as opposed to money that you're financing. Wow, that's that's a brilliant thing uh, that you mentioned. And also... Uh, I just came up with the uh, terminology when someone says, uh, let's go for a BNPL scheme. Uh, now I would say that, uh, no, I do have the NNEL scheme that is no now and enjoy later. So I feel that's, yep. that, that's, that's a great way to go for it now because you, you don't want to go down at that scheme because, and, and being at a FinServe company, I do know that, they do count that you are not going to pay and they, they do count on it. So make so, sure some people will, but they're counting on the vast majority of people aren't yeah. going to. <laughs> That's true. You know? And they are also counting on people who are definitely going to choose for a longer tenure of payment because that's how they earn interest as well. So yep. audience, all I would say is uh, make sure to you know, not opt for it, okay, until and unless it is really, really important for you. But I would say still, uh, you know, I would say that don't go for it. And uh, Suraj Gupta, thank you so much for asking this question. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, there is one more question, uh, Scott, and this would be the last question. Uh, and this is also by a community member, uh, the girl named Nitya has asked this question and this is this is really amazing uh normally in houses she's 37 years old so she is asking this question i don't know but i'm still going to ask you uh normally in the situations wives do have a stronghold at home uh what about you about in business does your wife make all the decisions or do you make all the decisions how about C? None of the above. Um, we, <laughs> we don't, neither one of us makes all the decisions. Right. Uh, uh, as much as possible, we try to make sure that we're on the same page and we both are in agreement with the decision. Now, that being said, you know, yeah, absolutely. My, my wife, you know, runs a lot of things in the household and I run a lot of things in other parts of our life, but we still try to collaborate and, and work together and make decisions together for the most part. I will admit that it has not always been that way. There was a period where, you know, I ran all the money and I made all the money decisions. It didn't work. Um, and by the same token, if she did all of the decision making and she made all of the money decisions, that also wouldn't work because what ends up happening a lot of times is when you kind of run it as two separate sets of decisions or two separate lives, again, you're not really in alignment. You're not really going the same direction. And so intentionally or unintentionally, one of you ends up messing up the plan. 
Mm. whether it's on purpose or not, you mess it up because you didn't even know there was a plan, <laughs> you know? So because the other person made the plan and the other person's executing on the plan and you're over here just living your life, doing your thing, you screwed up and, and you didn't even know. And now all of a sudden there's a fight because it's like, well, why'd you spend that money on that? I was going to spend the money on that. And it's like, wait, I didn't even know there was a plan <laughs> going on. So <laughs> if you actually have some level of communication and some level of agreement and some level of, of unification now again culturally and even just kind of how different people have different kinds of relationships doesn't mean we're always ex exactly doing it the exact same way and you know everyone should do this in this plan there is some gray and there's some nuance and there's some differences because people are different relationships are different you know whether you're you're married for the first time and you got married young or you're married for the third time. And you know, mm -hmm. this is, and you've got a lot of history and baggage that you care. All of these sorts of things affect how you relate to money and how money re relates to you and then how it affects your relationship. That's one of the beauties of, of, you know, what I do as a coach is instead of coming in and saying prescriptively, you know, here's the one way to do it. You should set up your accounts exactly this way. And you should have this kind of conversation and all of that part of the beauty of working with somebody as an individual is I can come in and ask questions and find out what have you done in the past? What's worked for you? What's not worked for you? How do y'all already communicate? How do you mm. wish you communicated? And mm. then we can kind of build a plan that actually works for you and your situation with your relationship, with your history, with what's going on in your life. Cause it's probably the same as it, as my life does, or as you know, your neighbor's life does, it's going to be nuanced and look like your life because that's the life that you're living. That's that that was a great answer. And Nitya, thank you so much for asking that question. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, to all the community members, I would like to say that no question is silly. So make sure to ask all the questions to the guest and the experts are ready to give the answers. Uh, and to all the other uh, audience of the podcast, if you want to ask questions to the experts of this show, I have mentioned the link in the description. All you have to do is click on that link and join the community where you will come to know who is going to come on the podcast and you can ask questions straight on that community. And I'll be asking those questions on behalf of you to the experts. So make sure to join that WhatsApp group and uh, Scott, thank you so much for all the answers which you gave today for all the wisdom that you gave today. It, it really adds a lot of values, especially in my life. I don't know about others, but especially in my life, it has added a lot more value. And I'm sure I'm going to take a lot of things today from this episode. And of course, I'm going to listen it more one or two times while editing as well. So I'm going to get a whole lot of things from this episode. So thank you so much for doing that. Any lasting message which you would like to give to the audience? Absolutely. So I actually put together some resources. So those of you that have these kinds of questions that that have been coming up, if you want some, just some free resources that, that I've put together, you can actually go to my website at inspiredstewardship.com and then just forward slash personality for the personality podcast. And I've got some free downloads you can have that can kind of help you with answering some of these questions around your calling or around money and time. 
uh, there's a link to my book if you're interested in that um, and so a few other free resources that you can access and, and get access to. There's also a way you could set up a 30 minute call if you want to just jump on a call and talk a little bit about coaching as well. Yeah, that's at inspiredstewardship.com slash personality. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Scott, for doing that. Uh, also, uh, thank you so much for setting up a link. So audience, all I'm going to do is mention the link in the description. You are just a click away from downloading all the materials which Scott has given to us. I'm going to download it. So make sure you do that as well. And also make sure to follow Scott on LinkedIn and Instagram because I believe following a person who has lived a life uh, which you want to live one day. Uh, it's always important to follow them. And if you want to message him, please message him and make sure to let him know that you have heard him on Personality Development Podcast. You will be the first one to get a reply. Uh, thank you so much, audience, for listening to this entire episode. If you feel that this podcast and this episode adds value in your life, make sure to share it with your loved ones. With that being said, this is Aditya Mehta along with Scott Mader signing off from this episode. See you in the next one. Till then, peace out.